Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be discussing Tucker Carlson. And I wanted to talk about Tucker Carlson already this week, but obviously the major bombshell announcement that he has been unceremoniously, you know, gone and ousted from Fox News, we have to discuss that because that's going to shake up the conservative news landscape. Fox News' hegemony is completely dead now that they have no Tucker. Tucker Carlson was the biggest draw to Fox News, and it's not even competitive. And he can leave. He can you know do his own thing, be a rumble, go indie. You know, I think the sky's the limit for Tucker Carlson. Who knows? He might even run for president or something. But as for Fox News, I think they're you know dead. But the reason why I wanted to talk talk about Tucker Carlson this week was a viral video that went uh, around the internet featuring his speech that he gave at the Heritage Foundation, in which he shows wisdom and discernment beyond the worldview and faith tradition that he came from. And I want to point that out. I think that's an interesting story to talk about. The fact that Tucker Carlson, you know, claims that you know, the faith tradition of Episcopalianism, and we already know that Episcopalianism is apostasy. And I think Tucker Carlson knows that as well. So he's theologically, probably theologically evangelical, I would assess. Yet... And we've talked about Tucker Carlson showing more wisdom in the evangelical space. So he's probably theologically evangelical, yet has the faith tradition of an Episcopalian. So I think this is a very interesting uh, mix of worldviews here. And I want to talk about that and showcase that in this viral video, which also highlights why Tucker Carlson is an important voice in our culture. So, but first, I want to let you know Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. You can support us over at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. That's our Patreon-like system. Uh, we don't use Patreon because they ban conservatives. They ban Christians. So we built our own. Uh, and uh, check out our free newsletter. And the least you can do is like this video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. This really helped with the magical YouTube algorithms. So we're going to watch this uh, about six minute long video clip of a speech that Tucker gave at the Heritage Foundation. It, it, it might, might be time, time to start to reassess the terms we use to, to, to describe what we're watching. watching. So, so when, when I started, started in Heritage, the presumption, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American Anglo assumption, that the, the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right, so like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're gonna argue about tax rates and I think higher tax gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian and you disagree, you're an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers and they write their papers and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. I grew up in the shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. But So that right there, you know, he's using humor, and perhaps there's some hurt there that he's masking with humor and levity, but Tucker Carlson recognizes and he's going to, 
you know, you're, you're going to see him pivot from, you know, he's talking about this esoteric ivory tower mentality. He's talking about a different era of American history where the two sides were actually working towards the common good. Like when this country was founded and you were debating the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist who are both working towards, you know, what's the better method of preserving freedom? Is it a Bill of Rights? Oh, no, the Bill of Rights would actually invite the government to regulate what's enumerated in the Bill of Rights. You know, that was the argument against the Bill of Rights. It's it turns out that, you know, both arguments were correct, but that's just the unfortunate uh, position that we find our nation in. And that's not the debate going on in our culture anymore. We're not debating, you know, what's the best tax policy. We're debating what's a gender. The, the debate has gotten more stupid and the debate has gotten more existential. Like we're debating what is existence at this point. Uh, you know, what is it human? What is human and all these fundamental basic issues so that's the debate, and it's very spiritual in nature, which is what Tucker Carlson is alluding to. And he's alluding to his Episcopalian upbringing to leverage that as credibility that even he, a theological, you know, someone who should be theologically a dunce, gets it. You know, basically to argue that there's no excuse for you not getting it. I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that and victims of rape. I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you're, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one, I checked. Even the Scandinavians. I'm ashamed to say it wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So it's interesting how he talks about the issue of abortion basically says there's a difference between calling it a necessary evil versus calling it a public good. And that is where the left is at. They are openly calling abortion a public good. So like, that's what that is. What's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake. Hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. 
So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this. I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for a religious war. Far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not what, and I'm not, certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid-50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea, and we've got this idea, and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One so I want to talk about what he just said there because he's going after the boomer cons. He's going after people like Michael O'Fallon of sovereign nations who thinks that we can just, the solution is to just have a debate on the merits of the U.S. Constitution. That'll convince people who don't know what a woman is that we are right about some things. That That's the boomer con mentality of let's have a debate. Well, the truth is, and Tucker Carlson is alluding to this, is that we're in a post-debate culture. Debate rationality isn't going to work on people whose ends is chaos, destruction, and deconstruction. These are the ends of the liberal movement. It's chaos. It's disorder. Disunity. You can't reason with it. It just has to be defeated. And he's going after the boomer con mentality of let's just have a debate. And it's, you know, that's one reason why Tucker Carlson is where he is at now is because he's, he mocks the left. He mocks liberals. He mocks apparently boomer cons a little bit here. And that's devastatingly effective. He has shifted the Overton window and he recognizes that we are up against a spiritual battle, not merely a temporal battle. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. 
And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? Literally. And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. So that is the viral clip, and he is using his theological dunce status as an Episcopalian to shame you for not saying a prayer for our nation. He's using that as a call to prayer that even someone from, you know, and I guess this maybe alludes to the Bible verse about God using the low to humble the wise and stuff like that. God chooses whom he chooses for his glory. And if God is going to use an Episcopalian, who sounds pretty evangelical in his understanding of the world, but if God's going to use an Episcopalian, what does that say about the, the Russell Moores, the Tim Kellers, the Beth Moores, and the David French's of this world, all four of those people I specifically named because Tucker Carlson has called them out because Tucker Carlson has more discernment than is natural for an Episcopalian. So that means a couple things. One, Tucker Carlson is regenerate. That I, I think that's highly possible, I, I highly probable even. Two, uh, Tucker Carlson is repeating what he hears on the lower tier, the minor leagues, so to speak, as far as podcasts and content goes, and he knows what works. I think, you know, both of those are probably true to some extent. But that's why Tucker Carlson is uh, we're explosive, because he has opened up the window, the Overton window of cable news. There's no more Bill O'Reilly suppressing the, you know, the conservative movement because Bill O'Reilly is actually a moderate at best. Uh, none of that anymore. Tucker Carlson set the standard. And I know that Tucker Carlson was very weak on the COVID issue early on. Pretty bad on that, actually. But he has entertained conservative viewpoints time and time again that Fox News would not have entertained a decade ago. So I, I wish Tucker Carlson all the best. His departure from Fox News as hostile as it definitely appears, I think, you know, God will use it to destroy Fox News, to help Tucker Carlson with his next stage in life. And, you know, just praise God. And uh, have a blessed day, and we'll catch you on the next one. That's all I got to say. Let me know what you think about what I think in the comment section below. And God bless.